Welcome to your first year in network marketing course with Dale Calvert. Dale's track record of helping people like you cut through the hype and develop growing, duplicating teams of people and full-time incomes is legendary. If you are serious about making network marketing your profession, don't waste another minute of your valuable time listening to yet another self-proclaimed guru whose ultimate goal is to back you into whatever deal they are working this month. If your desire is to build a rock-solid business that you will be proud of, Dale will give you the track to run on that has been proven for over three decades and duplicated, not just for himself, but also by thousands of people around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, from a small town in Kentucky, Stamping Ground, population 400 and not a stoplight in the town, Dale Calvert. Hey guys, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to lesson number two in the first year in network marketing podcast training program, training program that's on the podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in to lesson number two. We're going to talk about finding a pinnacle upline leader, and a lot of you are probably thinking, Dale, what's pinnacle upline leader mean? Uh, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover some things that I think are critically important, and they're going to be so evident when the next time you are at a company event and are as you listen to the leaders quote unquote, I always use network marketing and leaders in parentheses, uh, but you it's going to be more than evident uh, what what I'm sharing with you on this particular lesson. I think it's very, very important in, in your career because if you look at people throughout history, if you look at successful entrepreneurs, and again, this is not my opinion, it's it's evident. If you look at successful entrepreneurs, and it doesn't matter who it is, uh, they all had a mentor. Very few entrepreneurs learn how to become entrepreneurs in a classroom. They learn from a mentor, and that is something that you need to really understand because I'm going to encourage you to find a mentor. Find somebody that's done what you what you want to do and learn everything that you possibly can from that person. Uh I just can't stress this enough. You know, I, I just absolutely cannot. If you haven't visited us yet over at firstyearinmlm.com, first, F-I-R-S-T, yearinmlm.com, we've got some awesome videos over there for you guys. We appreciate you stopping by, uh, checking those out, leaving us some comments, let us know what you think. Uh, we would appreciate it greatly. Again, that's first F I R S T year Y E A R N M O M dot com. So in this lesson, we're going to talk about finding a pinnacle upline leader, and we're going to talk about what I call the leadership development paradigm shift. The thing that I think that I realized early, and I say early, three years into this business. After listening to all those audio programs, is there are some people that understood it that were at a particular title, and we'll call them diamond. So you have one group of diamonds that understood it, and you had another group of diamonds that were the Elvis, as in Elvis Presley of their business. 
And the thing that I started to notice is, and again, this is an insight I've never heard anybody else talk about. And I re and I believe that the reason nobody else talks about it is because they know they're their own Elvis. I really believe that. See, the beautiful part about network marketing is once you get it built, then you can kind of fade away. And if you build it correctly, it's going to continually continue to spit out leaders. If your systems are in place, if you learn the proper systems and then the average 27 percenter can duplicate those systems, then they can turn around and help other people who can help other people duplicate those systems. And at any point that you choose, you can fade away, but your organization will continue to grow because it has not been built upon your personality, your work ethic, your credibility, because personality is not duplicatable. Systems are. And I want you to really think about that. If you walk into any McDonald's in the world, the French fryer is always on the left. Any 17-year-old kid that has worked in a McDonald's here in Kentucky can go any place in the world and function very well in that particular McDonald's because everything has been systemized. You know, once you check someone out and you hand them their bag of food at the front counter, uh, you know, there's systems for that. When you take somebody's order at the front counter and they order a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke, you always ask, would you like fries with that? It's very systematic. Franchises get this. Network marketing has totally abandoned this concept. And see, the reality, ladies and gentlemen, systems are duplicatable. Personality is not. And you have to really, really understand that. So when I was listening to all those tapes, it was like this person, and at the time I was in Shackley with the Shackley Corporation, and I would listen to somebody that was a key coordinator. Now, a key coordinator was not the top position in that company. The top position was called master coordinator. But a key coordinator had built a significant organization. They had they put a lot of time, energy, effort, and work to get to that position in the company. And I would listen to a key coordinator. And basically the way that comp plan worked was – you had to get everybody – your goal was to get everybody to where they were dealing directly with the company, and that was called a supervisor. Amway called it a diamond. I think Herbalife called it a supervisor. I think Mary Kay called it a direct distributor. Actually, Amway called it a direct distributor. The diamond was the top position in Amway. So the goal was getting people to a level when they were – they could deal directly with the company – and again, this was a different time and place, but it doesn't change the concept. It doesn't change the whole goal of network marketing. And it was amazing to me that people could be at a key coordinator position, which required nine supervisors. And in their pay line, they might have, say, 15 supervisors. So that means this person was able to get nine people to 
a frontline position of supervisor, nine people, and I don't want to overcomplicate this, and please don't check out on me here because this is important. They were able to help nine people get to the supervisor position, and they had a total, what did I say, 15? So from those nine, a couple of those were able to help somebody, and then maybe a couple of those people were able to help somebody, but they had a total of 15 supervisors on their recap, and let's just say that's in their first three levels. They had 15 supervisors. You had somebody else that was a key coordinator as well. That means they had developed nine people to the supervisor level, but they had 111 supervisors in their first three levels. So that means their nine developed a ton, and those people developed a lot, and those people developed a lot if we're talking three levels. And as I would listen to these different stories of different people, and you kind of, again, you got to go behind the curtain. You got to hear the backstory. And you would listen to them, the people that were not duplicating at the level other people were, were duplicating, were the people that were dependent upon their own determination, drive, work ethic to build their business. They were what I call the Elvises of their business. So if somebody, you know, seven levels under them, they would say, hey, if you need anybody, to, if you need me to do three-way calls for you or whatever, you know, just I'll hear, I'm here to help you any way I can. And these people typically operated in a dominant leadership mode, which is called supporting. There's four basic leadership dominant modes. It comes from a book called Leadership and the One-Minute Manager, not the One-Minute Manager. It's called Leadership and the One-Minute Manager. And there's basically four levels of leadership. It's directing which is what you should do with every person that enters the business. Direct them. You, I call it throwing the ball to them, and then when they throw the ball back, then you throw on the ball. And this back-and-forth relationship is ultimately what you want to develop with every person that you sponsor on your team. And again, I know I'm getting this is your first year in network marketing, but I'm trying to plant some seeds here and give you some resources that I promise you're going to need. So you direct them, then you coach them. Directing is after they know, they take the order at the count counter and note and the person does not order fries, that they always, always say, Would you like fries with that? That's coaching them. So you 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 direct them first, you 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 show them what to do, and then you have to monitor what they're doing. And I used to have people do their follow-up calls with customers and three-way me in, not so I could talk, but so I could listen to see if they were following the script, to see if they remembered to ask, would you like fries with that? So you direct, then you coach, then you support. You don't start off building teams by trying to support people. You you don't and see some people are very supportive in nature that you know they're good people, but that's not leadership. Leadership directs, coaches, and then once a person knows what to do and they've done it successfully, then 
you support them. That's when you encourage. That's when you that's when you give the encouragement. All right, they've already proven they can fall and get back up and they've got the determination to make it. Then you want to develop a support relationship until you can get them to a point where you can delegate to them. Now, delegation takes a while. And a lot of people in network marketing, I've heard say over the years, well, I'm not sponsoring them because they won't work with their people. Well, they're brand new. They just got their McDonald's cap and their apron yesterday, and you're expecting them to, quote, unquote, work with their people? It's ridiculous some of the mindsets that this industry falls into, and you'll see that throughout your upline. You'll see it in leadership throughout your company. Just keep your eyes and ears open, okay, because what I am sharing with you, again, it's people, they don't talk about this, again, because it's not something they've ever experienced. So in the network marketing industry, There's basically, if you look at the industry as a whole, and I use industry a lot. Some people like to use profession. But in my opinion, we have not treated the industry like a profession in years. We've re- we've tr- treated it like a recruiting game. Professions are built upon solid business principles. Most network marketing quote-unquote leaders have never read or learned from anybody. Let's say that again. Most network marketing leaders quote-unquote have never learned from anybody. And I saw this again with the Shackley Corporation when you, you would have a key coordinator that was duplicating, and you had another key coordinator, same title. We call them leaders, quote-unquote, but real leaders develop other leaders. That's a quote from Brian Tracy. Real leaders don't create, his exact quote is, real leaders don't develop a following. Real leaders develop other leaders. And network marketing, especially with social media, but but really long before social media, network marketing was trying to develop a following. And yes, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And I am here to tell you that is a recipe for disaster in network marketing. It's great if you're trying to choose a dry cleaners. It's great if you want to choose an insurance agent. Doing business with those you know, like, and trust is a natural human instinct. But as it relates to network marketing, it's not about knowing them, liking them, and trusting them. It's about do they have a system? Do they have systems that should be always plural in place that I can learn and I can teach and I can duplicate? That is the most important question you can ask yourself. What are their systems? I don't care if I didn't know them, if I didn't like them, if I didn't trust them necessarily, as long as I knew what they were teaching had been duplicated. And the example I like to give 
if I ever decided to be involved in the net, in the real estate business and one day I wanted to become a real estate broker and that was my goal, what I would personally do is set appointments with probably five real estate brokers and I would go in and I would ask them three or four questions. And then number one question would be is who – what real estate agent have you trained that has actually become a broker or how many real estate agents have you trained have actually went on and become real estate brokers? And they might say five, four, 22, whatever. And then I would say who are the three of the most successful and then I would set appointments with those people and I would say, you know, I understand so-and-so trained you. Is that correct? Yes. How long – when did you decide you wanted to become a broker? Well, I decided when I started I wanted to be a broker one day. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, have you trained any real estate agents who have become brokers? And I would continue that process and what I am looking for is the leader who – the broker – who had trained brokers, who had turned around and trained brokers, who had turned around and trained brokers, who had turned around and trained brokers. And I would go as deep as I could to see if what that person was teaching me, if I had the ability to duplicate it. Does that make sense? Because this industry, this profession is not about innovation. It's about duplication. It's not about creating a following. It's about creating leaders who can turn around and create other leaders. And this is the most one of the most important ideas I can share with you in the beginning. Nobody ever talks about this. Again, I got this per, this 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 perception from listening to 7500 hours and really a lot more than that. But within three years I, is when it, I estimate that after my first three years in this industry, I had listened to over 7,500 hours of audio training. And I, I, I started asking myself, why does how can these both of these people be key coordinators and this one has an organization of 100 and some people in their pay line and and this one, the same title, has 15. And what I started to see was the people that had, were not duplicating were the ones that did not have systems. They had personality. Not to say that the ones that were laying on systems didn't have, didn't have personality. They did. But they understood that systems were duplicatable. And some of a lot of these people had come out of the franchise industry. I'm trying to remember Burger Chef and Jeff. I remember there was one guy that had a bunch of burger chefs. And he understood, you know, that that systems were duplicatable. And there was another guy that came out of Ford Motor Company that again, there was there was a group in Dallas that came out of the insurance business. And see, all these people, they had their own and again, guys, I'm dating myself, but the concept is, is is more valid and more important today than it was when I realized it. 
But all these people had their own pitch books for their organizations to share the opportunity. They also had their own quote-unquote pitch books for sharing the products. So everybody was learning the same presentation. If they had 14 meetings going on, because back then everything was built around a weekly opportunity meeting. Today it's webinars. But everybody used the exact same overheads. And when you – here's the concept. And those of you that have downloaded my story, uh, the DVD, The Power of a Dream at MLMHelp.com, you've seen this and I talk about this a lot, is unity creates separation. When you unify your organization, you separate you yourself from the masses. So if you're an XYZ company – and see, we did this consistently over the years. We did it in Shackley. That's why when this reality hit me in 1983 and we started implementing what I'm sharing with you, that's why in 1984 we were award winners in the company for the most volume. That's why in 1985 two of the top five award winners were frontline to us. Uh, that's why I've been a top producer everywhere I've been in my life since then where I had to build a team because I understood what I'm trying to communicate to the very best of my ability with you here. Most network marketers never have this leadership development paradigm shift. If you look at network marketers, and again, this is the basis for the book, uh, why the network mark? Why network markers are frustrated, confused, and don't have a clue what they're doing? It's the basis. Uh, MLMmasses dot com. If you you know if if you want to go read more, but in network marketing, there's three percenters. Three percent of the people involved in three percent of the people involved in the world are three percenters. They're go getters. Their personality, they have personality plus. Most three percenters own their own business. They're driven. They have a strong work ethic. Uh, they're self-educated. They, uh, I mean, they're formally educated for the most part. Sorry about that. Three percenters. Most of them are formally educated. Most of them own their own business. Most They have a lot of drive, determination, work ethic. Uh, social credibility, I could go on and on and on, but that's three percenters. If you look at your company and you look at the top people in your company, most of them, man, they they are great in front of a room. They're awesome public speakers. They have a lot of drive, determination, work ethic. People love them. They, you know, they're good people. I'm not saying anything against them, but I am saying this. They built their teams with the personality drive determination, this is important, that they entered the industry with. Okay, that they, they came to the game with the basketball already in their hand. They, they get it. I mean, they get it from the standpoint that they understand business. They understand 
building followings. They understand being credible. I'm not saying they're bad people, but I am saying that the stronger a person is when they enter the industry, the weaker their teams will be. They are most of them are they'll support people, they'll help people any way they can. If they can find the time, they're going to do it. But they're three percenters. They don't understand what fear of the phone is. They don't really un, they don't really understand most of them what fear of rejection and fear of failure is. They just go out and ma- they have a make it happen attitude. And again, that's that's in any business model you want to look at. It's not just the network marketing profession. Seventy percent of the world's population is going to die broke. They're going to die with their music still in them. And it's really sad, especially for people that live in countries that provide free enterprise, that how can you be involved in a country that gives you the opportunity to grow, learn, develop, you could be involved in the free enterprise system and never take advantage of it, but they have a real job mentality. They have extremely poor self-images. And again, I don't know what a lot of these people have been through. It doesn't matter. But I do know it's not what happens to you in the past. It's what you do about tomorrow. I knew that that if they want out of the the limiting beliefs, if they want past, if they want to grow, if they want to get beyond that, that they do have the opportunity to do that. But 70% of the population is going to die broke. 70% of the people that get involved in network marketing will, will the, the quit within the first 72 hours emotionally and mentally. They go out, they try to talk somebody into joining. They may even try to talk two or three or four people into joining Nobody joins, and they're, they're toast. They're done. It's over. They still might come and hang out on the conference calls for 90 days or maybe six months. They become what I call social club members. But most people don't even do that. Most people just make excuses. You know, I've got softball. I've got bowling. I've got Lamas class. I've got they 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 come up with reasons why they can't do it now, but they're going to do it later. And of course, they never do. People make excuses, don't progress forward. People, the only people that take responsibility, but that's seventy percent of the population. And that, again, that's not that's if you go back, it's just the way it is. Most people die with a negative net worth. And again, it's not it's not about money, guys. If you think this is about money, you're missing it. Uh, and I don't ever want to come across that way. It's not about that. Uh, I've heard once somebody say, a preacher say, you know, life is God's gift to us and what we do with it is our gift to him. Helen Keller said, hell starts when the person you are meets the person you could have become. Seventy percent of the people, money is Money makes you more of what you already are. See, Jim Rohn, I had no desire. All I ever wanted was a six-figure income and no boss. Okay, and then I heard Jim Rohn say for the like the hundredth time, everyone should strive to become a millionaire. 
not for the money, but for the person they will have to become in order to become a millionaire. And finally, for some reason, after hearing that many, many, many times, I got it. And it was, I can remember the time and the day and the place when I consciously made the decision that I was going to become a millionaire in the network marketing industry. I remember it perfectly. And again, it was never for the money. It was about the number of people that I would have to affect positively in order to get there because network marketing makes you more of what you've already become or, or more of what you already are. If you, if you tend to be a little stingy and greedy, you'll be a pain in the rear end. You, you, you'll, you'll get overcome by greed ultimately if that's your tendency in the network marketing industry. And that's why so many people, you know, they don't make it. They don't make it, and they don't make it, and very few make it long term. Very, very, very few. Here's the truth, and I hate to even say this to you because it'll be discouraging to some of you. But if you got through this much of this particular training, then you can handle the truth. Most people that create a full time income in the network marketing industry. And we'll call that $100,000 a year just because that's always kind of been a magic number, even though I would say today that should be 250000 But we'll say 100000 Most people that create a full-time income in the network marketing industry, they get to $100,000. Maybe they're able to leave their job. The odds of them getting to $1 million are being out of the industry in five years it's much more likely that they're going to be out of the industry in five years. And say, Dale, how can that happen? And if you compare that to any other industry out there, that's not the case. But the reason it happens here is because there are three percenters who build it with the skill sets and the mindsets they entered the industry with, and they never have what I call the leadership development paradigm shift. They never understand that they're not the issue. It's not about how many people they can sponsor. It's not about how hard they work. It's about what can be duplicated by those 27 percenters. And the 27 percenters are good, honest, hardworking people. They want direction. They'll follow direction. But you have to be willing to give them the proper direction so they can move forward. So here's here's a, a question I've asked before, but I want to ask it one one more time before we proceed on. And I probably know the answer because if you're still listening, then I I know the answer. But a question you need to really ask yourself if you're going to be involved in network marketing is I believe, again, it's about wealth generation. It's about wealth creation. If you're in network marketing just to make money, then don't involve other people. Go out and retail a product that you believe in and that you would use even if you weren't involved in the opportunity. So the question again, do you want to make money or do you want to build a business? And I'm assuming you want to build a business or you would never got to lesson two. So that's my assumption. 
The real product in network marketing is people. It's not a skincare product. It's not a nutritional product. It's not a wellness product. It's not legal services, water filtration, or any of the other products that we've seen people trying to market through network marketing. It's people. And if you're going to involve people, then you have a responsibility. Now, you need to try to find a pinnacle leader in your company. And if you find one, my suggestion to you is to do everything that they share with you to do, everything they teach you to do. Don't doubt it. If they're a true pinnacle leader, they're the, they're the broker who's trained to brokers, who's trained brokers, who's trained brokers, who's trained brokers, then you're not going to understand everything in the beginning. But I promise you there will be a method to their madness. Now, here's my personal belief. Well, let me give you the four questions. The four questions that you should ask a, a network marketing mentor is what was the first company you were involved in? Now, and let me just go ahead and say this. Even if you know that your company is just getting started and there's really not anybody that has a significant background in the company in right now and you know you're you're part of the you're part of the leadership team because your uncle's best friend uh was an entrepreneur that decided they wanted to develop a network marketing division of their company or whatever the case might be the four questions to ask your upline mentor and that's even to ask me it's to ask anybody that you give your time to to be listening to what they're trying to communicate again we go back to ish, uh, the the beginning overview session i said one of the first questions you need to always ask yourself is who is this person and why am i listening to them okay okay so the first question is what was your first company you got involved in? That will give you a lot of insight. The next question is who was your sponsor? Who sponsored you? Many of you know my first company, Shackley Corporation. My sponsor was a childhood friend, best friend in my wedding, who quit two weeks after I joined. This next question will give you more insight than any question you can ask. How many companies have you been with? And if and if they're averaging more than one company per five years, should be a red flag. I was talking to my wife the other night. There's a lady that, that I know, I respect. She's an awesome human being. She's a professional. I'm not even going to say what kind of professional because uh, – very credible in her community, and I don't. I would hate for her to ever think I'm talking about her because she's a, she's a wonderful human being. Uh, in the last year, last twelve months, she's been involved with at least four companies that I'm aware of. In the last year, one of the the greatest people that, that I like as a human being that I have ever met 
I met him three or four or five years ago. I just he's just a great human being. Uh he got involved in the network marketing industry uh, 10, 12 years ago the first time. People love him, and they would follow him, follow him anywhere. And I get it. I understand why, because he's willing to give his time. Uh, I, see, I saw him in a company where he was given his time daily, and it wasn't because he wanted to be Elvis. It was because he really wanted to, and here's a key word, support people. Okay, support. But in the last 12 years, he's probably, you know, in talking to him, and I didn't know this. I didn't know him before I met him. But he's probably been involved in 50 companies. And there's probably people that have been with him in 35 or 40 of them. He's a likable, lovable human being, and he will support people in every way he possibly can. But network marketing is a leadership development business. You have to direct people in the beginning. You have to pull the ball out and throw it to them. And when they throw it back to you, you throw them the ball again, and it's back and forth, back and forth. You teach them how to take the orders at the front counter. Once they're competent, once they understand it well enough where they can teach somebody else how to do it, then you take them over to the French fryer and you show them how to put the grease in the fryer and how to put the fries in the basket and how to how, how you salt the fries and you direct them on how to use the fryer. You you. You, you you coach them through it. You let them do it. You let them learn it. Once they've mastered the French fries, then you put them on the drive-through window and so on and so forth, guys. That's how you build duplication. That's how you build a duplicating network marketing team. You don't give them a manual that explains every procedure all at once, and expect them to learn it. It's step by step by step by step. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it can be very frustrating. My goal when I was building, when I sponsored somebody, was to, I wanted to throw the ball with them at their pace, at their pace, and I was just simply waiting for them to drop the ball so I can understand that they were not going to be one of my three to five leaders I was developing this year. Does that make sense? My goal was to develop three to five leaders a year. I understand that distributors are a revolving door. They're coming in the front and leaving the back all the time, but the developed leaders stay, and I wanted to throw them the ball. And when they threw it back, I threw the ball again. It's this back-and-forth relationship until they drop the ball. When they drop the ball, then I would have what I call definite closure with those people. And, and again, I don't have time to explain that here, but basically definite closure is, look, I'm working towards this position. I, I got to help three to five people get to this position this year. 
I really was hoping that you were going to be one of them, but you know, we were supposed to do three ways last week. You not only didn't call me so we could do the three-way calls, you didn't even let me know that you didn't have the three-way calls lined up, that you didn't do this, that you didn't create the lead, whatever. And and again, there's a process here, but basically with definite closure, it says, look, I understand that the timing's not right in your life now, and I just want you to know that in the future, if you decide that you want to get serious about building this business, I will always be here for you. But right now, I have to move forward and spend time, energy, and effort with people that really want it bad and where the timing's right. So you have definite closure because most people that are trying to build a, a business, they have about, you know, they get to a point where they have 30 or 40 or 50 people on their team and they've never had definite closure. And some of them they haven't heard from from three, four, five months. But when the gurus come into town to do a training, they call these people like they're still members. And they they emotionally quit, you know, 72 hours after they went in the business, but they don't know how to tell you. So you have to give them an out because m- the the mistake that you will make as you move forward in your business that a, a lot of really good people make is they spend too much time with the wrong people and not enough time with the right people. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean the right people you are playing ball with, the wrong people where the timing wasn't right for whatever reason, you've already had definite closure and mentally, you know, they they can still order product and they can still get on a conference call as they want, but you're not trying to build with those people because you have to find people that you can get to a point of delegation where you can hand them the keys and they can turn around and build their franchise in a duplicatable fashion where they, those people can turn around and build their franchise and so on and so forth. And I hope I'm not getting too deep here, but I believe, I believe, I like to think that when I was 20 years old, if somebody had been sharing with me what I'm sharing with you, that I would recognize the validity and the truth in what they're communicating. I, I like to believe. So again, I, you know, this is – I don't want to – you know, it, it, the easiest thing in the world is to get people fired up and try to sell them something, okay, that is going on all over the internet with self-proclaimed gurus. I'm trying to give you value. I'm trying to give you what I know is going to make a difference. Absolutely no. Not because it happened just for me, but because we were able to duplicate it and those people were able to duplicate it and those people were able to duplicate it and so on and so forth. It's wisdom of the ages, not based upon MLM fluff. So back to the questions. Who was the first what was the first company you got involved in? Who was your sponsor? How many companies have you been with since you started? This next is critical. And you will see many three percenters stumble over this question. Very important. This is worth thousands, the thousands of dollars. You Oh, you didn't pay anything for this podcast training. Man, this is important. I'm getting chills getting ready to tell you. Ask them, 
Who was your mentor? Who was your mentor? And they'll say, well, um, uh, uh, you know, I kind of liked, really liked, I liked, uh, uh, I really liked Zig Ziglar. A lot of ego-driven people don't like to admit that they they never that they would ever even need a mentor in their mind it's a sign of weakness in reality it's a sign of intelligence most people are not smart enough to know that which they do not know so that question right there is going to be beyond revealing who is their mentor who is your mentor Last question, who's the most successful distributor you've ever sponsored? And again, well, and, and okay, and once most people will tell it and you say, well, how long have they been full-time? And, and, and probe, it's your right. It's your right to probe. It's your responsibility not just to yourself but to your family and to future members of your team to get direction from somebody that you know gives you the best odds, not just for you, but for your team for success. So I'll cover those real quickly again. What was the first company you got involved in? Who sponsored you? How many companies have you been with? And again, if it's more than one every five years, that's a red flag. Who was your mentor? Who's the most successful distributor you've ever sponsored? And, you know, my buddy that I was talking about earlier, I mean, I'll call him today and just to talk to him. The guy's so lovable that I met a few years ago, been in about 50 companies in the last dozen years. Um, Um, didn't have to have a mentor. He didn't need to get motivated. He had a tremendous work ethic when he entered the network marketing industry. But see, what happens to these people, guys, is they get down the road, and I've watched it for over 30 years. They get down the road three, four, five, two years, usually, and they can't find their team. And it's not that they weren't supportive. It's not that they didn't want to help. It's just they didn't understand what the 27 percenters need. Uh, This is what we've covered in this lesson number two is, is the essence of what it takes what you really need to grab and to wrap your mind around to become successful in this industry. I want you to find a pinnacle upline leader. And if you want more on this topic, it's pinnaclemlmleadership.com. It's actually a conference call that I had with a lot of my team members telling them, look, guys, We got all these people coming down the road that are plugged into our systems and training. 
and and some of you uh you're only going to be able to go around with your big check big check and full people for a short period of time because they're going to know if if you're trying to put pineapples on your big mac just because you personally like them see there there unity unity is unity okay it's not unity half the time it's not unity 70% of the time it's unity 100% of the time because if you're doing something that's not part of the system you are going to create confusion on your team and i could give you an example on my i mean i have so many examples okay again if you and I'll just say this. This is real important. One of the most important things you can do when you're building a team, it's just as important to get rid of the wrong people as it is to keep the right ones. Okay, it is if you're building teams because one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. It, it, it can definitely It can definitely hurt. And I've seen this not just in the teams that I've personally built, but the organizations I've worked with, the companies I've worked with, the distributor organizations I've worked with, I've seen this happen over and over and over. Uh, yeah, I had a guy this week, he said, Dale, you're my virtual mentor. He said, I've been following you for four years. I, I never had talked to this person, but he had every training that we had ever done, starting with Start Right MLM, and he had gone right through it, and, and the guy – had been recognized as, you know, one of the top producers in his company last month and his organization's kicking butt and taking names. And again, I've never paid any attention that much to this over the years because it's never been my goal to be a teacher, trainer, consultant, seminar leader. That was never part of my game plan ever. It was just to build a team and to figure out how to help the 27 percenters duplicate and understand the 70 percenters are going to be a revolving door. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, I hope this has not scared you to death. Uh, you know, because again, just let me end this lesson, finding a pinnacle upline leader to tell you, look guys, if worse comes to worse, uh, my network marketing mentor was a gentleman named Jim Burke from Rapid City, South Dakota. He's never produced a generic training. He's never got into the consulting training aspect of the business. He was a Shackley master coordinator. In my life, in my entire life, I've been around him a total of five minutes. I've never had a one-on-one conversation with him ever in my life. Uh, I learned, I've got in my library here, I've got over a hundred audios by Jim Burke. Jim Burke taught me the most important thing that I learned in my entire network marketing career, and that is we are in the leadership development business I that came from Jim Burke Jim Burke 
uh, worked his rear end off. And you got to think about this. How many of you have ever been to Rapid City, South Dakota? Nothing had been South Dakota. I was there one time. Uh, it wasn't Rapid City. I wish it was because I would have definitely contacted him. I need to put that on my bucket list. I have sent him a letter just thanking him, and he responded back. Uh, but the convention that I was telling you about were in 1984 when we were top top five in that company for personal production. Every convention – they would bring in a master coordinator to speak to that group of, of supervisors. And that company at the time probably had 200, 300 people maybe at the top position in the company making, you know, making great money. With And not all of them had large duplicating teams as we've talked about in earlier lessons. You know, just because you were a key coordinator didn't mean that you had large duplicating teams. But this guy certainly did. And anyway, at that particular conference in 1984, I mean, again, 83 is when things just all came together for me. And in 84 is when, you know, we started. It was October of 83, so 84, we just, we, we killed it. Once we started understanding, you know, I can't make people successful, and if they're not willing to to play ball, then I have to keep on keeping on, and that I can never stop recruiting until I'm ready to retire. That, uh, and you know, I'm I'm just looking for three to five people that I can play ball with. When all that stuff started coming together, and we went to that conference. The master coordinator they brought in was Jim Burke. The guy had been listened to on audios for years and years and years. So I heard it said, things don't just happen, they happen just. But that guy, I mean, and I've had a lot of personal development mentors over the years. Jim Rohn was number one. Zig Ziglar was my first uh, there's a lot of people I've enjoyed over the years, personal development people. There's some that are very popular that I, I don't enjoy. But G Jim Rohn, absolutely. Zig, Les Brown, um, Dennis Waitley. A um, lot of different personal development mentors. But my point is simply this, guys. I can teach you how to do this business. I would rather you learn from an upline in your company, pinnacle leader. That's what I would prefer. That's what's best for you. I understand that in today's network marketing environment, honestly, there's not too many of them. I understand that most are three percenters. There's not very many. And one of the reasons for this podcast is if you go into the marketplace and you find a quote-unquote generic trainer, 
it's um, most of them have a you know I was talking to another friend of mine last week and she said Dale she said it just seems like everybody's out there just trying to build their brands you know and back people into their deal and she said it's all about creating a following it's not about creating leadership anymore and I said you're absolutely 100% correct it, it you're right that's that's what it's evolved into at this point and um my goal with this podcast and with what we're doing since July of 2015 is to get the truth into the marketplace and not to say not I'm not trying to say that other people are not sharing truth I I know they are at least 80% of what they share is awesome but I also know that the people that are teaching it, I don't know of one that I would classify that I can validate has ever done anything in the business that's that's a true 27 percenter that's really started with with and developed the skill sets and mindsets necessary for success from the beginning and I was talking to a gentleman yesterday that uh, business owner sharp aggressive entrepreneur minded guy and he's up north and that's really all I want to say but we were just talking and and he said, Dale, he says, he says, you know, you're, you're just, he said, I've been listening to you, watching your periscopes. And he said, I've been on a couple of your webinars. And he said, you know, he said, honestly, he said, you, you've made me want to get back in the network marketing industry. And I said, really? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, he said, Dale, he said, most of the really good people have left. And I said, why would you say that? And he said, he said, because at some point you realize you don't want to be part of of so much uh, and I'm not going to, you know, BS. And he said that he had went to a huge network marketing event in, I'm not going to say where because you would probably know what, which event I'm talking about. But he said during the lunch period, he said he was sitting at a table and behind him, Behind the curtain were the VIPs. That's where he said it was all the speakers were back there. And he said, you know, they were trying to be loud and obnoxious. And he said, Dale, he said they were laughing about how many of them had really never, how many of them had really never even built a team. And now they were speaking in front of, you know, several thousand people. And he said they were laughing about it. And he said, when I left that event, I went home and quit the industry. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no. He said, every single one of them were talking about it. And he said, there was only one of them that wasn't. And I said, well, and he told me who it was. And if I said it, a lot of you probably have heard of him. And I said, well, you know, he said he took the high road. I said, well, I honestly don't think he took the high road. I think he probably knew he was the guiltiest one of the whole bunch. 
And again, there's a backstory there. But that's kind of what the network marketing industry has become. Yes, there's good people. I want you to learn from an upline. That would be my number one choice. But if not, I just more than anything want you to find your mentor and just make certain. You know, they're probably going to be a virtual mentor. Mine was through audios. And if you do, just make certain, make certain, get the backstory. And I'm going to share one other thing just as a warning more than anything. Because I've never even seen this until the last well, I saw it once and but we've seen it we've seen we've seen it more often in the last five years. In the industry there are people that wrote a book, wrote a course, um that's pretty much it. Books, courses on how to become successful in network marketing. Who never had? Let me share one other story because this will drive the and, – and who told me this? It was recently. Who was it? I guess it doesn't matter because I wouldn't tell you their name anyway. I'd have to ask my wife. I had this story – this is recently. Oh, yeah, I know who it was. Anyway, he was – Oh, it's on the podcast. It's on another podcast that we do called MLMSuccess.com. That's the podcast. And and really, if you're listening to this podcast, that would be good because it's just inspirational stories. MLMSuccess.com. And, but I don't remember if my guest told me this on the podcast or privately, so I'm not going to mention the podcast or the guest at this time because I don't remember. I'm getting old, guys. But he said that he flew in, I think he said California, for a big event This his company was ha- having, and he just sponsored this guy who had a name in the industry, and he was really excited because he was going to learn from him. And, and he said, you know, th- when he met this guy, it was more than evident that the guy, uh, you know, he thought, you know, he had a name. He said, but he, you know, he said, he finally just asked him, have you ever really made much money? He said, no, he said, I've never really made much money in network marketing. He said, I, you know, he said, I've, I've got a good following. I put my name out there and I've, I've done a lot, but I've never really made a lot of money in the industry. He said, but let me show you my new recruiting tool. And he said he had a whole box of books and it was something about how to become a network marketing millionaire. And he said, so you you wrote this book? He said, yeah, I wrote the book. And he said, and he said but you've never become a network. No, I've never become a network marketing millionaire. He said, but it's just a marketing ploy. And he said, and again, this is not my story, guys. This is on, I mean, it's it's not my story. I would think I'm making it up if I'm listening to you. But how common that is, is frightening. So, Get the backstory because the point I was trying to make was there's some people 
that have gone into the network marketing industry, created a book, a course, something on how to become successful in the network marketing industry who have never done it. I mean, there's some and, – and, and a couple of them, I knew them when they were flunky distributors who had never built anything significant and start and, – and one in particular, you know, so they got in the tools business. And, you know, in the company I was with years ago and, you know, they were in the tools business and they cl- climbed in a successful person's back pocket. But again, that's another story. But – they create a name through a book or a training program or whatever. And after they develop the name, after, and they're perceived in the market as a guru, then they join a company and they create a huge – because they have, already have a following, not because they've ever developed any of the leaders, not because they could answer the questions I just gave you, but because they had a following – then they join a company. Then they make money in the industry. But they were selling courses and products and books before they ever even built a significant team anywhere. So they developed the market first, the following first. Then they jumped in the company and the uninformed, uneducated masses follow. So that kind of stuff is going on, guys. It, it, it really is. So I believe that mentorship is part of the success equation that nobody talks about. Uh, actually, I, I wrote a book on this. I don't know. It's called The Success Principle of the Internet is Stolen. The Success Principle of the Internet is Stolen. It's on Kindle and I think we actually have audio – to CD audio said it. We don't even – it's the only place you can get it now is on Amazon. But I talk about this this concept, not not about the fact that people are, cl- are claiming to teach people and, and they develop the, the market and then they join a company, but how – I'm talking about mentorship here, how important that is, how important a success principle it is. And unfortunately – we live in a world today that a lot of people and, and I'm going to end it with here. I get long-winded and I didn't mean to get long-winded on this, but this is really a perception that I believe. When I was building, the biggest challenge for us is was the TV set. And People got addicted to the TV, I believe, because you know it first came out. It was a novelty and black and white. And some of you remember when there was only three channels, and it was just a novelty. And then you know color TV came out, and then the programming got more sophisticated, and and you know we had to tune in next week to see what happens with Batman or whatever when you're a kid. And so my generation grew up kind of addicted to the TV. So when I started building, uh, you know, I used to call it the electronic income reducer because more people could, most people could spend the the time they spent in front of the electronic income reducer, they could build uh, a a huge business 
and people just wasted so many hours in front of the TV. And that was a real issue. And people assumed that everything they saw on TV was true. Today, we even have more access to people because of the Internet. And, you know, I do periscopes. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of marketers do periscopes. Uh, you know, periscope came out about the time, that, you know, when I decided, you know, I'm going to move forward. And I think it's a great vehicle for the right people with the right message. But it's also a great vehicle for the wrong people that wrong message and don't have a clue. Now, am I saying that every network marketing trainer, teacher, consultant that does periscopes is no. But what I'm saying, guys, is you just have to be careful. And it, I, I've seen and heard over the last 15, 20 years so much misinformation that's not based upon wisdom of the ages, principles, that once a good person goes out of this industry, the odds of them coming back, especially if they really worked hard, is slim to none. It's not very likely that they'll ever come back, and that's sad because we cannot afford as a profession, as an industry, to lose the right people. And that's why I'm taking this podcast seriously and everything that we're doing is is to try to give not Dale's opinion, not Dale's ideas, but try to get the right wisdom of the ages principles that I know develops long-term duplicating teams, not just within the network marketing industry, but within any business. Leadership is leadership. Team development is team development. And it has nothing to do with ego personality. And if ego personality is building a team, then the team's going to be weak. The team's going to be weak. My goal for you is if you want to create wealth with network marketing, that this information will give you the foundational principles, concepts, and ideas that I know is going to make a long-term difference, not just for yourself, but for others that you share it with. That's my hope and prayer for you. You guys have an awesome one. I'll talk to you in lesson number, what is next? Lesson number three, we're going to talk. Why the search for MLM knowledge leads to ignorance. That ought to be interesting. I hope you'll tune in on lesson number three. This is Dale Calvert. Hey, go check us out if you haven't at for the all the free video training at firstyearinmlm.com. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson in your first year in network marketing podcast course. Each lesson builds upon the previous, so we highly suggest that you listen to each lesson in order starting with the show overview. As Dale likes to say, you can't teach algebra to someone who hasn't yet learned how to add and subtract. If you have not accessed the first free year in network marketing video training, then we suggest you do that now at www.firstyearinmlm.com. That website again is F-I-R-S-T 
year and MLM.com. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you with us in the next session.